Recorded live in Balcata, Western Australia, the hoon capital of the world, this is Talking Power. Gap is what happens uh, when you hold to the floor and crush the man next to you. There's space in between your back bumper and your front bumper. We, uh, in the South, we refer to it as the Gap Band. Well, I think, you know, Formula One is for grown-ups. Welcome to episode 23 of the Talking Power podcast. I'm Nick DeChembry and I am here with royalty. I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) I am here with Luke Newhoff. Now, for those listeners that are not familiar with Luke, let's let's just give a bit of a rundown of of Luke and what what you've done in the past. You were the, well, you still are the editor and co-founder of Drag News Magazine. You were previously the marketing and communications manager at the Perth Motorplex, media manager of Andra, and journalist and media monitor previous to that. So, and in the meantime, you've been running WADragRacing.com. You, I know you worked, did a lot of work for Street Machine, which I want to talk about a bit later because mm-hmm. there was a heap there. And the West Australian is still doing that, and also for Jordan as well, and Forge Magazine. That's yeah. probably just to the tip of the iceberg, I guess. Yeah, staying busy. That's the, that's the key when you're a freelancer. So <laughs> as much as I can take on, I take on. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Look, I mean, I've I've known you for a long time, but some of our listeners probably uh, may not. So just give, a, just give us a brief rundown of, of yourself and your family and, and how you've come from drag racing over the years. Well, I guess I was born into the sport. Um, my parents have raced for a long time, my dad first and then my, then my mother as well. Mm-hmm. So I grew up around Ravenswood, um, watching them race motorbikes and, and then, of course, the transition to Perth Motorplex. Um, yeah, okay. And that's, uh, I guess, the transition to Perth Motorplex, as you know, kind of came around the same time as, as the internet was starting to take off, I guess. Mm. Um, so, yeah, would you believe I started writing um, event reports for uh, the NHRA drag racing video game. Yeah, okay. And then uh, the track manager at the time, Peter Pike, asked mm-hmm. if I'd be interested in helping out with the Dragster Australia reports for the real racing at the Motorplex. Oh, okay. Um, and then it all sort of, um, yeah, just rolled on from there. I think in year 11 digital media class, I put together a, a WA drag racing website. Yep. Um, and that, that's how that all started. And, mm. yeah, everything's just sort of grown from there. I mean, that was 18, we're talking 18 odd years ago, but I do remember your, your work fondly back then as well. I know you were, you were a lot younger then, and well, so was I, I guess, but, <laughs> but um, it was pretty, it was, even for the time, it was pretty cutting edge what you were doing back then, and I, I know a lot of people were using you, and you were also, you probably, you were also the photographer at the track as well, not long after that, I would Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess the, the photography was just a, a fun sort of side aspect of running the website. It lets you get trackside, it lets you get the best seat in the house, and yep. it really is. You, you're spoilt when you get to be within metres of these cars roaring past you, and mm. it's just such a, an exciting sport, and to see it up close is, is something, yeah, as a 16-year-old kid was 
was amazing and and yep. even today it, it still amazes me when i'm standing next to a top fuel dragster that launches and it literally shakes your brain around and, and shakes the snot out of your nose it's that mm. uh it's that explosive when they launch yeah, and that and yeah. it's, that's the addictive thing about drag racing yeah it is yeah that's, cert- that, that's certainly the case i can vouch for that i don't get up as close as what you you do but um it's it's um yeah the work that you've done and some of the photos you've done are amazing over the years but i want to talk a bit about your photography and your video a bit later on when we talk about your street machine work which was really great i mean simon and i have been speaking about that in our other podcast because we were following drag week quite intently but anyway we'll, we'll get to that so correct me if i'm wrong your mother and father mod and comp bike that's right yeah so, that's right. yeah um, my father competed in modified bike basically throughout the the 80s and, and 90s mm. and into the the 2000s and, and still does today yep. um along with my sister now as well so all four of us have raced bikes in the, in the family mm. at some yep. stage so yeah it was good when mum got back into it as well she got back into it in the late 90s and yep. and there was a time when both mum and dad were competing alongside and, and probably the highlight of that was when um i think it might have been 2003 2004 mm. uh, when dad won the competition bike state championship and mum won the modified bike state championship yeah, okay. so that was a yep. that was a pretty cool season for the family yeah okay no that's excellent that's good um you went on to do i might i might have the order wrong here so i i do i distinctly remember you racing in modified and super street or was it the other way around you went super street and then modified i'm trying i'm trying to think which way which way around it was i had the toyota sora yeah. for a while there um so i got involved racing in the the fast racing series um, which I think was a was a great thing for the mm. track, and I do hope that they bring it back one day. Yep. Um, so I ran in the sport compact class there and, and did pretty well. Mm. Um, and then I think I ran the dragster after that. So yep. Crystal um, Eccleston, she was pregnant at the time. Yep. They were looking for somebody who wanted to, to drive the dragster, and we were friends with them, and they just asked, do you want to have a drive? And yeah, okay. you don't have to think too long about that kind no, of no. Uh, decision. No, so. No. Yeah, we hopped in the rail for for a season, and and that was good fun too. Yep. Um, and then a, a few seasons after that, um, that's when we I got onto the motorbike, and uh, yeah, and learnt the fun of two wheels. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's right. I couldn't remember who. So it was Tony you were racing for. Tony. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Great guy, Tony. Good family. Um, okay, well, so moving along, you started out WA drag racing, as we spoke about. That That's morphed over the years. Well, no, it's, it still exists, WA drag racing? It still exists, yeah. I've got wadragracing.com.au now, um, yep. and... About a year or two ago, I started putting on some of the older content, and yep. I've kind of uh, gone off that again. I do need to get back into the habit of putting all the older content mm. back on, but I did go digging for a lot of the older photos, a lot yep. of the older reports, which you can still find on the internet in places. So I think it's valuable for the sport. Um, I guess drag racing, particularly in Australia, hasn't recorded its history particularly well no. at times. Yeah. Um, so I think when we've got that information there, the more we can do to, to keep that around, the better. Mm. Um, so yeah, WA drag racing does still exist in a form, um, and yeah, and that that really was the start of it and that was at a time when i think i don't know it's got sort of a homebrew feel to a lot of those websites yeah. you had wa drag racing you had um the engine room you had drag mania you had uh cackling pipes and there are all these little websites at the time around the country uh, all all covering the racing which was pretty cool it was pretty cool i, I it's interesting you bring that up I, I wanted to i didn't put it in the notes but i wanted to talk about that grant stevens cackling pipes had a forum back in the day <laughs> And that was huge. I, I never. Yeah, I mean, I think that had a lot of interaction for its time. 
I reckon it probably had more interaction back then than than anything we have now, to be honest, even more than Facebook. I know that the forums that those guys were running, it was Matt as well, Matt Cernzy. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They all had this forum, the Cackling Pipes forum, which was was a good uh, place for content and a good... You got a lot of different views and a lot of different opinions back in the day. So, no, I, I distinctly remember that. Quite, it was good times, they were. Yeah, it was the pre-sort of Facebook era. Mm. Um, and, and every website had a forum as well where you could go and find opinions and people having fun and people were being passionate. Yeah. And I think one of the issues today with, with Facebook is that everybody gets on there and has their piece, but they, they'll belt it out very quickly in just a few words. Whereas on forums, I think people spent a bit more time crafting their posts and a bit more time thinking about what they were saying. So the information you often got on forums was of a, of a pretty high quality hmm. versus some of the comments you see on Facebook these days. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I agree with you there, 100%. So you... After after all this, you went on to Andrew and you were there for... How long were you at Andrew for? Was it I was at Andrew for two years. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So you were working under Mel at that time? Uh, I worked under um, uh, Greg Humphreys first yep. off and, and then uh, Rob Sharp, who was an interim CEO there, and yep. then Mel Bully. Yeah, yep. okay. All right. So what we... You was the media manager at the time mm-hmm. and at Andrew. So what... What sort of things were you doing there at the time? So at the time, that was basically doing all the, the PR side of things, mm. writing their media releases, um, keeping the website up to date, yeah. um, trying to get any coverage for the sport that was that was possible at the time, looking after mm. social media channels, which at that time, again, was sort of just, just taking off and Facebook was really starting to gather steam around that time. Yeah. Um, basically seeing that the sport was presented in a, in a positive light, um, organizing displays and things like that. And I think we, we did kick a few goals there at the time. Unfortunately, it came before a bit of a you know, a, a, a lull for, for Andrew and all the current dramas. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, we won't get into that tonight. <laughs> that's, that's, we'll, we'll, leave that, we'll leave that for better people than, than us. Simon, Simon and I have spoken about it. We're not going to change anything here, so we'll, we'll leave that right alone. You then went on to the Motorplex. You were working with, was it Ray at the time? Or? Um, so I've done a lot of freelance stuff for the Motorplex, yeah. helped them out with press releases and things like that um, over the years. Mm. Um, so... I was actually in the the USA at the time when um, I saw saw the job come up for the yep. marketing and communications manager there, and it was a I think it was a nine month contract at the time, which suited me perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, jumped in there with the whole transition from um, the Miosevic family running the the complex to Venues West. Yeah. So that was an interesting time, and and learned a lot, and and did a lot, and mm. yeah, good fun. Yeah, no, it's it's excellent. I remember you were there. It was quite a few years you did you did that for. Was it two or three? At the Motorplex? Yeah. Just nine months, would you nine believe? Nine months, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was right. only a short-term contract. Finished up uh, about July last year. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. No, excellent. I want to... We'll, we'll move on to... Before we get on to Drag Week, let's just... Bit, bit of a chat about yourself, what you're up to in these days. As you're living in the US now and um, you've gotten engaged. Mm-hmm. So life... For yourself, I guess is you know you're going to be living in the US, so you're still doing freelance work over there as well. Well, basically, yeah. At the moment, I'm doing a lot of uh, freelance work from Australia still, mm. so doing uh, magazines, a bit of web design, and, and things like that. Yep. Um, until yeah, I get married in the US. Obviously, you can't work over there or do anything like that. So mm. at the moment, okay. it's just uh, yeah, managing some local work and yeah, okay. and just taking the opportunity to go and see a few drag racing events over there and enjoying mm. that side of it. While we're talking about drag racing events over there, one of the one of my favourite events, and Simon and I talk about it, we have to get over there one day, 
You went to, was it Lights Out or No Mercy? I can't remember which one. I think it was Lights Out. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, I, I want to say Lights Out. It might have been No Mercy. I do get them mixed up. One's coming up next week. and then I think Lights Out That next might be week. Lights Out next week. So it must have been No Mercy because yeah, okay. that's the one in the second half of the year. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Mm. Did you meet the duck? I didn't, know. Okay. He does seem quite the character on social media channels. But yeah, I think he was tucked away up in the tower for, oh, for right, the time. Okay. So, yeah. We actually want to get him on the show, but I don't know if we can beep. If, I, if we actually get any content out of him, it would be just one long beep. We've um, covered the duck over a number, or since we started this podcast, on and off, and I think what he does is is great. What was that like then, No Mercy? What, what, and where, where do you think the radial movement is going in the, I guess, in the world? Is it? Well, I think it's like drag racing is great for its variety. Um, yep. A lot of people will, will tell you, oh, drag racing is dying, drag racing is doing this, drag racing is doing that. But what happens is that all these little, um, well, not little, all these new um, categories pop up. So we saw it with Outlaw 10.5 a few years ago, and Outlaw 10.5 blew up, and then in a way it's sort of wilted now because now we've got the radial racing which mm. has really taken off and that's a big thing and i can tell why the why the crowds like it because it's unpredictable the cars mm. do wild things i mean you compare a radial tire car to an nhra pro stock car the radial yeah. tire car you, d you don't know what it's, what it's going to do it mm. could be on the back wheels it could blow the tires off it you know they're they're spraying nitrous on the line or they're boosting down the track and compared to the predictability of an NHRA pro stock car, I can see why the fans are flocking to the radial cars. Mm. Yeah, they're getting huge numbers there. I mean, 55... What, what was the crowd like when you went? It was, I heard it's been about 55, 60,000 there. The crowd wasn't particularly big on the day I was there. Yeah, okay. Um, so I think at those races, they tend to have one, one big night, like a Saturday night or a Friday night, where they'll pack the place. Mm. Um, and certainly, I think Lights Out is the bigger one of the two. Yeah, okay. Um, no Mercy tends to, to dabble with the weather a little bit more, so yeah. I'm not sure if it gets quite as many people from across the country mm. whereas at this time of year they're virtually guaranteed a dry racetrack so yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. pack the place yeah okay all right very good anyway i want to touch on as i said simon and i covered on the podcast as best we could drag week where we were following we got a lot of info from actually your videos that you're posting on on youtube for street machine for through scotty and mark and um simon that's right yeah yep. yeah yeah simon so you tell us a bit about that, and you were literally cutting video in the back of Mark's car from track to track at night time in the middle of the night, is that correct? That's right. I mean, uh, the whole of Drag Week, and, and leading up to Drag Week, because uh, we had a week going from Las Vegas uh, to Illinois uh, in advance mm. of Drag Week, it was it was just epic. Um, yeah, when, when Street Machine asked if I'd be interested in just going along for the ride with with Mark and his Val across the country, uh, I didn't have to think about it too yeah. long. I mean, that, that's a cool experience that, I mean, people would pay to do that, you know, yeah, that's right. let alone just being asked to go along for the ride, which was yeah. really awesome. No, good. Now, I, um, I, we watched the video from here. So you met up with Mark in, in Vegas. That's right, And yeah. you drove to Illinois and... I think you stopped along the way, did some video at a wrecking yard, is that correct? Yeah, we, we stopped at a whole bunch of places. Yep. So when when I arrived in, in Las Vegas, uh, the Val was sitting in a, in uh, Chris's garage in, in Vegas. Chris was a really cool guy. He met um, Mark and Steve at a, at a home depot. Mm. They were trying to find some, um, I think, some insulation, some shielding to try and keep the heat down in the yeah, cabin okay. because the thing was overheating so bad. Yep. Um, so, yeah, they, they were fixing it in Vegas. We went through all kinds of drama just trying to get... The thing 
running and not overheating. There was about two days in Vegas, and then finally we were able to get out of town and then do bits of Route 66, which was yeah, okay. which was really neat. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we saw uh, I think it's Porky's Wrecking Yard. Um, mm-hmm. That was out in uh, I can't remember the state somewhere in the back of Kansas, I think. I watched it last um, night, but I, I can't remember myself. But it was some amazing footage you got there from the drone and and whatnot. It's amazing, like the the amount of old metal over there that you can still find i mm. mean if if that sort of yard existed in australia people would be going yeah crazy for it and you can still find it in the u.s that is mm. the thing that there are these places that exist um you can still i mean there's just rows of 57 chevs and and rows of basically any classic muscle car you can name you can find there and you can yeah. still find the bits for them and you know it's Mark talked about how it's getting harder to find a lot of this stuff, but if you know where to look, it's still out there for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. So you've you've gone out that way. Then, so for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, I urge you to get onto the Street Machine uh, face, sorry, YouTube page, um, and follow them, and you, it'll come up Drag Week 2017. And it's, you've cut it over four four episodes or five episodes? It was five episodes for Drag Week plus the previews um, yep. when we were going across the country, which was, yeah, that, I mean, that was pretty mad. We were, yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were shooting things during the day and then in the afternoon I'm sitting in the back of a roll caged nine-second valiant tapping away on a MacBook trying to edit video uh, yeah. <laughs> to get it uploaded that night um, as we're barreling across the, the deserts of America, um, which was pretty cool. Pretty cool experience. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, Simon's giving me the heebie-jeebies at the moment because I've taken a little while to edit our next Camry episode, but that's been three weeks, so there you go. So tell us a bit about Drag Week then. Is it is it really, I mean, it's something that I guess as many Aussies, we, we look, I know we have the drag challenge over here, but it's something that I think a lot of Australians strive to get to. Is it is it really that, that good? Then? It was, it was really that good. Yeah, okay. um, as a, look, I'm not, I'm big across all drag racing. I don't necessarily focus on, you know, just, just street cars or just nitro cars or just junior dragsters. It's, it's everything. Mm. Um, but as a, as a drag racing fan, it was, an unreal experience and, and better than I expected. Yeah, okay. Um, just the... It had a very different atmosphere to any other drag racing event I've been to. I, I thought to myself, I've never been to a land speed racing kind mm. of event, but I thought it might have that sort of similar feel because there's not so much competition between all the the drivers as there is a kind of a camaraderie. Yeah, okay. So everybody has their own personal goals that they want to achieve um, and everybody else is keen to see them achieve those goals so they'll mm. help them if they're broken down on the road or they'll help them get to the next stop or tell them where to go it's just a that common spirit um yeah. as part of drag week was was really amazing like i say a really different atmosphere to the event um and a very fun one mm. look a couple of australians doing it in particular some west aussies that do it as well john ferroni mm-hmm. as we know does it uh, craig as well craig, Moore. craig well, yep, yep. Any other West Aussies that I've missed there, or is that no, those were the those yeah. are the two doing yeah. it this year, yeah, yeah. And there was a couple of other Australians doing it as well. Is mm-hmm. I can't remember their names. I think we had Brian in the uh, Tirana. Tirana. We yep. had um, Mark in in the Val, obviously. Yep. Um, I'm just trying to think back now we had the jamie and the the falcon youth mm. and of course um, harry as well we can't harry, forget harry of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> no nobody can forget harry no um and i'm sure there's one more oh richie crampton yeah, yeah that's in right the, in the chef yeah, yeah 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 no it's 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 well i mean well publicized here in australia and it's good to see australians doing it and also some west aussies doing really well i know john ferroni's done done quite well and he's done it 
I think he's his third or fourth year, John. He has a huge commitment to that event, um, and he doesn't seem to have the best of luck. There's always something little that gets him. Mm. But I think the year that, that luck goes his way, it's going to be good for him because yeah. the car is one of the quickest cars out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is seriously an impressive piece of engineering. And, mm. to, and to see... When you see a car with WA number plates yeah, yeah. Uh, out out in the US, that's a pretty cool thing to it see. Is, it would be cool. I can imagine that, actually. Even when I see it on video with all these US cars around it, you feel, you feel yeah, that, that guy's a good yeah, Perth boy. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Um, I don't know. I mean, the future of... I've got here, just want to have a quick chat about the future of drag racing, where you see it going over the next... I guess five years and ten years, or what? What are your thoughts on that? Where where we're heading? Simon and I strongly believe this is this is our our belief. We think that an electric class needs to be looked at it, you know, ASAP. Um, but what what are you thinking? Where where are we going from here? Well, absolutely, and I think there's going to be a whole generation of, of people who who are going to grow up on electric cars and mm. who are going to like the fact that you can do different things it might not be playing with a carburetor it might not be playing with fuel management it might be you know tweaking i don't i don't really know with electric cars tweaking some other aspect of it um mm. that and that's what they're going to enjoy um the sound people say well the sound i don't like the sound of them there are going to be people who enjoy the sound of an electric car going mm. down the track yeah one of the great things about drag racing is the sheer amount of variety it has um and just because electric cars exist doesn't mean nitro cars don't have to exist yeah you can choose what you want to um, what you want to mm. enjoy. Um, for me, when I think of electric cars, I start to think of the possibilities. Well, what's the biggest challenge that often faces drag strips at the moment? It's it's people moving in close and complaining about the noise. Yeah. So all of a sudden, if you've got a, a form of motorsport that doesn't make a hell of a lot of noise, that opens up some possibilities. So let's say um, Adelaide, where you've got the the Clipsaw circuit there in mm. the in the parklands, right in the middle of the city. What's to stop you running an eighth mile electric yeah. drag race there every weekend? Mm. Um, it's not going to bother anybody, yeah. um, and it's going to be in, right in the the middle of the action. So yeah. I yeah. think we have to think a little bit outside the the square and realise just because, like I say, just because one one thing exists, uh, electric drag racing doesn't mean all these other things go away. Yeah, um, we can we can make space for everybody in the sport, and that's how the sport survives and and thrives. Mm. If we were still racing the same things we were racing twenty thirty years ago. Um, we wouldn't have the same interest in the sport yeah. that we that we have now, and and drag racing does have a lot of interest in it still. It might have uh, splintered into a lot of sort of niche mm. areas now, but I think social media has probably benefited drag racing in the large because social yeah. media is all about short attention spans, and and you got a motorsport where it's all over in five or six seconds. Mm. Perfect for that sort yeah. of uh, that sort of medium. Yeah, none. No, I'll just that was very interesting. Uh, we wanted. It was one of the things Simon said, asking what where he thinks the future is going. So there you go, Simon. The future is variety. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, we'll get back to a bit about yourself a little bit later on. We'll, we'll cover off on the 400 Thunder. Um, it's coming up. The next round will be, unfortunately, clashes with Race Wars. But anyway, that's another, that's another story. But the long weekend of March, we've got um, Race 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 Wars. We've got uh, the Western Nationals here in Perth. Um, Team Bray have confirmed that Frankie Taylor's coming. That, I think I think if the Motorplex and, and 400 Thunder get on board with that and do that as a bit of a promotion, I think that's worth quite a few thousand people through the gates uh, having someone like Frankie Taylor come into our track. 
I think so. It's been a long time since we've had a racer from the US mm. um, other than um, the, the guys who race the Jet Dragsters. Um, it's been a while since we've had a US racer actually in, in competition. Yeah. Um, I'm just actually trying to trying to think of who the last one might have been. Um, but having Frankie here is a, is going to be a... I mean, look, you got Frankie here for a start um, in the team break car. You also got Paul Moyt coming over for the first time in the in his pro slammer. Mm. Um, Scotty McLean coming over, all taking on John Zapier, who we know the the hometown loves. But in terms of, I don't I don't think I've been this excited for a pro slammer race at Perth Motorplex for for a lot of years. Because, but this is going to be like the biggest challenge I think Zapier has faced at his home track for a while. Oh no doubt. Um, yeah. So I, I think. This is one that people need to get out to and see. Yeah. And and if you love pro slammer racing, like this is going to be an all timer. Mm. Nine points split between the two of them, Paul uh, Moyet and um, John Zapier. And I know we had John on here probably two months ago now. And I know John John you know is is very well respected, but I, he's 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 got a massive target on his back now and these guys are, are really gunning for him scotty's run 70s quite easily now well he's run 563 which is oh, has he gone uh, within, 63 in 300s yeah, yeah okay yeah so he's got he's got a massive target on his back now and these guys have really backed up what the sort of numbers that they can run so it will be an exciting meet i can't wait actually i'm really looking forward to it and i'm just hoping i can get back from race wars in time to see the the finals of, of this yeah, it is a shame that the dates clash i would love to see race wars but i've got commitments at the western nationals mm, yeah. um but race wars has been one of those events i've seen the coverage of uh in in past years and gone, oh mate, could i could i get to both is there a way i could do both yeah, it makes me think <laughs> now they do do a great job but uh, yeah well i mean western nationals been around a very long time and um we'll we'll endeavor to get there as as quickly as we well We'll endeavour to get there. Let's the same. Um, I don't. You went in. You went in town for motivation, were you? you were I wasn't. In, I just no. missed it. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great meet. To be honest, I must. I must be frank. I tried contacting Ray. I don't know if the numbers were down by design or if they were just down. I, I really couldn't tell you. But I felt that that was actually better having the numbers down. We just they've reduced the numbers quite significantly. So the car, the actual car show, sort of ended. I think sixth or seventh alley. There's no cars beyond that, which I thought was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, it condensed the show quite well, and I think the the level of cars was a lot better, a lot higher. I know that's one thing that the the Motorplex management has been aiming for in recent motivations, and that's to increase the the quality um, mm. at the expense of the quantity of cars. So there was a time where motivation was getting, I think, like six or seven hundred entries. And they were pitting them, you know, in the middle of the speedway and all up yeah. around the, the the back of the oval there, um, and they were basically accepting anything with four wheels. So mm. that that philosophy has changed a little bit now. So there's more of an emphasis on quality. Yeah. Um, one of the the complaints that people often have with us, oh, it's all Commodores, it's all mm. this, it's all that. Um, I think that has changed a lot in the last couple of years. Some people still make that complaint, but I think it's a little bit of confirmation bias there. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're just seeing a Commodore and thinking, oh, it's all Commodores. But no, actually, the quality is quite high. Um, so it, it depends what kind of what kind of show you're after, I guess. It, mm. you know, and there's, there's different kind of shows. And if, if quality is your thing, then I think they're heading in the right direction with the with the cars that they're choosing to have in there. No, definitely. I, there, were, there weren't many Commodores at all. And some of the Commodores that were there, I mean, we, we, if we want to talk about a Matt James, I mean, that's not just an ordinary Commodore. 
that thing. So that's right, man. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of Commodores because they're 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 cheap to pick up and mm. they're easy to modify and they are the the easiest car to get out there and, and hot rod if you wanted mm. to. So they're a part of the, the the modification landscape in Australia. So of course we're going to see a lot of that yeah. that used as a platform in car shows. Mm. It was good to see Spencer Jarrett. He won Grand Champion. Now Spencer's been going to motivation for some time in that blown VH. And I think he's tweaked it over the years to get himself into a position to win Grand Champion. So it was really good to see that he'd won that. That car's been around for a while, and oh, I'm, I'm not a Commodore man myself, but I, I do like that, especially the oldest series of Commodores, the VH. Really good to see him get up and win. I was quite happy about that. Uh, the elite, the top judge, was John Hutchins. He's XK Falcon Ute. That's a black Falcon Ute. Ute. Beautiful car. Um, best street machine driven was Darren Rowe. 50, his 57 Chev, lovely car. And I think... People's Choice Award definitely got it right. These guys, people, everyone that went and voted got it right. This car is amazing. So, next XY Falcon Ute, Natasha McMahon, Fat XY, great car, beautiful car. There's pictures of it on our Talk and Power Facebook page. If you go to the Talk and Power Facebook page, there's a number of photos. There's I think 40 odd photos of some of the cars. That's actually one of them. So, People's cool. Choice, to go check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got it right. Got it right. Burnout Comp, well. It was really no surprise. Matt came from Summer Nats getting first and second in two different cars. So for him to come away first and third at uh, Motivation, hats off to him. I think what he's done in the burnout comp world is amazing. I think he's finally finally figured it out now. There there was a time where I think... His burnouts were extremely popular with the fans. They're a very, it's a very violent form of burnout. It was, it was fire and flames, and unfortunately, like we forget sometimes, burnout is a, it's got a judge criteria that that um, they're getting scored on and things like that. So you can have a, a skid that looks fantastic in in video and fantastic when you're there, but maybe it doesn't quite tick all the boxes judging wise. Whereas mm. I think he's now figured that out. Like he's limited the fires and that sort of thing. And, yeah. And now he, he's obviously worked worked it out because he's uh, placed the, the top two positions at Summer Nats mm. and now um, two in the top three at, at Motivation. Yeah. So he's on quite the, the hot streak at the moment. Yeah. I mean, he was... I mean, Chris Chris Orchard as well and his Ballistic VL, that was that was a great burnout too. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, Matt... Hats off to Matt and hats off to all the guys in the in the top ten of the burnouts. I think they're all... They're really hard to judge when they're, when they're that good, you know. No, the so. burnout scene has just stepped up to another level mm. right now yep. um you know i think we we you know talking about one of the things i've seen over the years as a cha- as a challenge to drag racing is the growth of the burnout scene but how cool is it that we have this completely unique motorsport to the australian scene now um that it's just drawing in drawing in new competitors it's drawing in fans it's drawing in young competitors uh importantly so i think there's a lot of myths around that young people aren't into cars and and all this, but what we're seeing is actually a very young competitor base coming into that sport. It's accessible. Yeah. You can go and buy a six-cylinder Commodore for, for barely anything and, and have a crack at it. Mm. It's got very low uh, barriers to entry, mm-hmm. um, but then you can go all the way up to the professional level that we see Matt James and, and guys like that yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah. And if you haven't seen some of these cars, I urge you to get up close and have a look at them, especially Matt's and... and um, George Zaparovic. Yeah, George's. Mm-hmm. You should see the fab work in that car. They look, they make them look factory. Like, yeah, these are just factory Commodore, the engine bay. They're not, but I'll tell you what, they do a good job of making them look. All the fab work, the firewall, and what they do there is, is they've tried to keep the factory, you know, pressing as much as they can. 
awesome work it's unreal yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i spoke to george in the in the week before motivation and the motor he's actually using in that car is out of the, the double c gasser he used oh, to really? run so you talk about <laughs> the level of horsepower some of these guys are now putting into their cars yeah. it's, it's pretty unreal and yeah. you've got to keep that thing alive for for a minute for for 90 seconds um mm. as long as you can to, to get those tires off and impress the judges so yeah. it's it's yeah. a pretty serious um level of tuning and and engineering that's going into these cars by mm, all means yeah. yeah yeah all right i need to do an update on the camry so in, in case you don't know luke i mean i i think i mentioned it before but simon and myself went out and it was more in in line with i don't know if you were aware that scott scotty built a falcon taxi the turbo taxi the turbo taxi and we felt you know that he took that on as like you know sort of the people's car or the, that's the australian taxi we felt that the camry was more fitting as a, as a taxi <laughs> in australia so we went out and built this 2000 camry um our listeners wouldn't know we actually took it to the track a couple of wednesday nights ago standard motor still standard we haven't touched the motor yet um we got a 12.9 out of it which we were pretty happy with actually so that's still the just the standard GT thirty five turbo. Good car. Yeah, it's not bad. We we felt you know pretty good. Um, not he didn't do a burnout either. No burnout. Just staged it and and down the track she went. So we'll, I'll be posting some video of that up shortly. Um, we haven't I haven't quite had time to edit all this video that we've got. We've got a lot of lot of lot of content as you say, but I haven't just had a chance. But at this stage, it's still standard motor, um, three liter V six GT thirty five turbo so they're what they use in the xr6 and an intercooler and jamie at shift kits australia helped us out with a mega squirt ecu mm -hmm. stewie bond at wa suspensions worked out all the suspension for us that car wouldn't have gone into the 12s without stewie i can tell you now we um he helped us out a lot front and rear got the car working perfect for for what it is so it's amazing how many people forget how important suspension is to to the overall package um you might think it's just for for turning corners but no mm. it's all to do with with movement of weight in the car and and transition of weight in the car mm. um to get the best traction yeah so stewie yeah as i said we would there's no way we would have got that thing into the 12 and stewie was really on board with um with what we were doing like a lot of people say what the hell are you doing that for or what what are you, what are you guys doing but uh stewie was like no let, let's do it we'll we'll, we'll, we'll We'll work that out, and and he did. So hats off to Stu and all the crew at WA Suspensions. Also Grant at uh, Performance Turbos as well. Grant uh, helped us out with the turbo too. And as I said, the, the initial twelve nine that was with a standard GT thirty five, but he's got another GT thirty five that he's serviced for us. So that's ready to go in once we once we get a baseline out of this <laughs> car. So thanks to Grant as well. Did you catch the Bathurst 12-hour at all? I didn't, unfortunately. No, no. Yeah, bar, no. the, uh, bar the big crash at the end. Yeah, no, look, I mean, I caught bits and pieces of it. Um, I mean, I, I, I actually like the sport, and I think it's, you know, it's something that probably Australians need to embrace a bit more. Um, the crowd didn't look good. It wasn't a good crowd. I don't know if it was just at the time i was watching but i mean i watched for a number of hours during the day not not consecutively but i just found that the crowd was pretty it was poorly attended but look i mean at the end of the day i think it's um it's got room to grow it's been going for about 12 years i think straight mm -hmm. they had a gap for a few years and before that 
it ran for about eight years. So I think it has got a fairly large international audience. Um, mm. It's got a lot of manufacturer backing behind it, which is important in getting those dollars into it. So yeah. I'm not sure they'd be too concerned if uh, the um, at event crowd isn't isn't too high as long as their TV ratings are good. That's probably what works yeah. for them. Yeah. Look, I think a lot of people. I know a few people that I spoke with today and and even yesterday or watch the event um and there were a lot of people asking me what what's the go is this the new bathurst i said no no this is this has always been around it's just a, another bathurst i guess but i think we need to prepare ourselves for a changing of the guard of bathurst and i think this is the way forward I, I really enjoyed it i thought i was a bit disappointed about the ferrari works team not turning up this year but they won it last year and i would have thought they'd come back this year but yeah i thought I still liked it. This bit disappointed that the race ended the way it ended with a big crash, but I guess that's the way it goes, especially on a timed sort of when you you you're on a timed race. Mm. All right, Luke, where, where can we find out a bit more about you? We can go to www.lukenewhoff.com. That's right. That's my poorly maintained uh, personal website right there. <laughs> no, I thought that was quite good, actually. I had a good look at that the other night. I thought that was quite good. I haven't managed to add a few more stories up on there. And, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, a few experiences. Yep, yep. Um, www.dragnews.com. That's the your your magazine we, we didn't cover that that's also a magazine as well it's that's right yeah we run a quarter we run a print magazine um yep. roughly every six weeks um we put okay. that out um so yeah now now that is the only one in australia we do it on a subscription basis so it's not in news agents but people can go to dragnews.com.au and mm-hmm. sign up there and it just comes in the letterbox uh yeah every few weeks and yeah we try and keep the quality up and just try and tell a few of the stories that are out there in australian drag racing and and give the sport the coverage that it deserves you do that yourself, don't you? I mean, you 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 basically edit that yourself and and send it off to the, the only thing you don't do is the printing. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. yeah. That, so that's how we basically keep it viable. Is we had to learn how to do it ourselves. So I had to learn how to lay out a magazine. So we we were familiar with writing and editing and photography, but we then had to learn about well, okay, what well, how do we put a print magazine together? So mm. we just learned along the way and and kept it all in house and you know and, and that's how we we keep it going. You know, it, it's still a passion project for us. It's it's not a not a huge money spinner, but for mm. us, it's just it's just giving the stories the yeah the the limelight that that we think they need, and it's a, it's a, certainly a source of pride for us putting that magazine out yeah. in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I've I've seen the electronic version, but I you know what I'll make a note and subscribe to that. I need to get onto that. Appreciate so, it. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll we also need to get I think talking power behind also drag news as well, so that way you know we can we can work together. Sounds great. Um, also, shout out to Matt Price. He is continue, continuing his testing this week in Jerez in Spain. Uh, so uh, hopefully it's all it's all going well from what I can see. He's on the R1 Yamaha this year. Oh, he's very cool. made the switch from Kawasaki, I think, last year. And anyway, he's on to a R1 Yamaha this year. So he came on the show well, a while ago now. But, uh, yeah, he's a great guy and... Um, shout out to him and as he heads off this back to italy this year for more civ championship racing he's living the dream he's living the dream he's a great guy too good good guy um also shout out to john zapier as well um as he takes on the we'll call it the rest of the world john zapier versus the world (laughs) world. yeah (laughs) in pro slammer so all the best john uh, as you take on um the all the the powers that be in pro slammer um, Race Wars uh, are having an event uh, on the 24th of Feb, 
which is at Shannon's in Beckenham. We will be co-hosting that with the Race Wars radio guys. So Huggy and Riggs, as they're affectionately known, um, they'll be there as well. So if you can get down there, I think it starts at 7. If you go to their website, you'll be able to see it. So, yeah, it's Race Wars, Kebabs and Cars. That's the week before Race Wars. So it's an introduction to a lot of the competitors. They'll have their cars down there. Uh, and it's just a good way of, of seeing uh, a number of the cars that are that are going to be participating in race wars. That's some pretty serious hardware out there. I mean, these guys are pushing 200 mile, or over 200 mm. mile an hour in 1,000 metres, um, which is pretty gnarly for what are essentially street cars. Jamie told us two weeks ago on the podcast, he came on the podcast two weeks ago and said that there is a guy building a billet Lamborghini engine that's going to pump out like close to 2,000 horsepower. That's getting serious. Yeah, I know. It's actually Simon had a good chuckle about that and thought, well, well, he's got a Hemi sitting there that, you know, maybe a little bit more than that. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing what these guys are doing with their with their cars, especially the Lamborghini platform. So, Well, the technology, particularly with turbocharging and engine management, has just come along so mm. quickly in the last few years. Um, any gap that there was between sort of supercharging and turbocharging has evaporated and turbocharging is actually striving, uh, striding ahead now, even, yeah. in, even in the short sprints of drag racing. Let alone in these uh, in these longer pools, a thousand meter stuff, the the flying mile type stuff in the US as well. Yeah, yeah. So Jordan, I I think will be there as well. I know Jordan's hosting cash days down at Race Wars as well, so he'll be he'll be pretty busy that weekend as well. So Jordan, if you can get down to Albany as well and somehow get back in time for um western nationals that'd be great i dig the no prep stuff we need more of the no prep uh in western australia yeah i, I, I always see collie motorplexes uh drag strip sitting there and i wonder yeah. if we could do a no prep race or or something right there it seems like it would suit it i don't know is jim still in, involved down there jim i don't Wales? know to be honest yeah. yeah i've sort of fallen out of touch with um with who's who in, yeah. in that zoo um so but i think um i mean as far as i know that the track is still there mm. um yeah. you know it's not a it's not a world class surface if you were trying to put a top fuel dragster down it, but if you want to run a cool streetcar event, I reckon mm. that's a, a great simulation of a of a road surface. Um, yeah. So if you wanted to do a street outlaws style deal, a no prep style deal, mm. um, no times, that'd be an awesome place to do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is growing in popularity. I mean, I'm not a huge street outlaws fan, I'd, but I I can see its popularity in that sort of age demographic that sort of sub 35 age demographic it is it is huge um i think it was the u.s nationals uh 2016 i went to mm. um and they had big chief racing there mm. um and he had a longer queue than john force for autographs yeah. Yeah. so the the drag racing world is yeah is not all nhra in the states now those street outlaws i mean those street outlaws guys they're like the old nitro funny car match races of the the 70s and, and 80s now these guys can get booked into to small racetracks around the mm. country and pull in big crowds. Yeah. Um. Because just because of the profile they have through Discovery Channel. Mm, yeah. I think they had fifty odd thousand at Bristol about six months ago for a no prep event that which was telecast on as part of their TV show. So it is amazing what they're doing there. It really is. I think they had less numbers for a NASCAR meet. The that was on a Wednesday. And I think they had less people turn up. The track I think backs onto the drag strip. Mm-hmm. They had less people at the the NASCAR event than what they did at Street Outlaws. So that says something, doesn't it? Absolutely. Mm. All right, Luke. Well, look, thanks for coming on. Um, Appreciate your time. We're here in Australia for a short period of time before you head off on a holiday and then back to the US. So appreciate you coming in. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. 
So, yeah, we can catch you at dragnews.com.au, lukenewhoff.com. Anywhere else? Uh, Luke Newhoff Media on Facebook. Yep. I occasionally post on there as yep. well. Um, but, yeah, check out the, the stuff on dragnews.com.au. We try and keep that as up-to-date as possible with all the news from Australian drag racing, features, photo galleries, all that sort of thing. No so, worries. Yeah, go check it out. Okay. All right, thanks, Luke. And also thanks to our sponsors, Shift Kits Australia. Sorry, Jamie, I missed you off that last video. <laughs> Sorry, which got pointed out to me pretty quickly. Uh, WA suspensions, benzene detailing, all fast torque converters, monster torque, performance turbochargers. Thanks to all those guys for helping us out with the Camry. More video to come with the Camry as well. Cool, look forward to it. No worries. All right, Luke, thanks for your time. Thank you, Nick. Take care. See ya. Talking power, stresses, all characters and events on this podcast, even those based on real people, are entirely fictional. All celebrity voices are impersonated poorly. We do not encourage street racing or the use of turbochargers.